Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Now, here's your host, Joe Moss. Welcome to this week's edition of On the Money. We are the number one small business show on Business Radio X. Uh, we have, a, and I found out last week, we actually have an international audience, too. Um, the show is presented by Embassy National Bank. Embassy National Bank is a nationally chartered financial institution, and our deposits are insured by the FDIC. On this show, we discuss topics designed to help small business succeed because at Embassy National Bank, we are proud of how we, how we help small business. I'm Joe Moss, your host and the president at Embassy National Bank, and we welcome all of you to the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio. So we got a interesting show today because um, we're going to interview Rick Higgins, who is the owner of Team Logic IT, uh, which is a, a IT company here in um, Gwinnett County, but he's focused all over Atlanta. Uh, but he had a little uh, has a different story of how he landed in this, and so we're going to talk about his company and some of the issues surrounding IT, and then we're going to move to this other part of the of the story. So, Rick, welcome today. Thank you, Joe. Glad to be here. And um, so tell us about Team Logic IT. Team Logic IT is a franchise company that's been around for 11 years now. We've grown to 100 outlets nationwide, and we have four here in Metro Atlanta, and I'm the most recent one here. And what does Team Logic focus on? Primarily managed services for the IT component of any small to medium-sized company. And that's where we focus, the SMB market. Okay. And when you say managed, uh, give, give me an idea of what that is. Well, we like to come in. The, the traditional way in which companies engage IT vendors is on what we call break-fix. Something's broken, you know, computers broke, people made a mistake, they call us in to uh, fix it problem is you sit around and wait for the phone to ring and and you're hoping that a computer breaks and you go in and take care of it managed services puts the it industry or the it vendor on the same side of the table as the customer in which the the interests are the same we have the same vested interest and that is that your computers are highly available and easy to use and you've always got them so um so someone who has got say a uh, CPA practice, a law practice that highly dependent on their technology, uh, you'll come in and redesign that whole platform for them and then manage it for them? If necessary. And we, we would call that a remediation project. But generally what we do is we'll come in and we tend to price our projects out on a per employee basis as opposed to uh, on an hourly contract basis. So that level sets your uh, expectation of what you're going to spend on a month to month or even an annual basis. And if necessary, we will do a reconfiguration. And sometimes there is project work associated with what we do. And uh, when you do a reconfiguration, um, well, the first level is just come in on a per employee basis. That's the way you charge and you just manage what they have. That's right. Okay. Now we'll do uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, remote monitoring of all systems so we can't get out in front of any problems that may be coming down the line and um we do uh, backup disaster recovery it's fully managed happens uh overnight if need be do you uh do you run their software as well or do you just go ahead and let them do that 
typically when when you talk about software, you're talking about line of business applications. Could be something as small or benign as QuickBooks sure. accounting software, or something much more complex that's running a, a real complex database. Generally, our side of the industry, IT in general, stays on the hardware side. There is software associated with that hardware, and that's the software that we maintain and monitor. What about email servers and things like yes, that? Yes, email server. Yes, absolutely. That's all managed by you guys, yes, but sir. owned by the client. Right. Okay. Or subscribed by the, pl the client. It may be a subscription-based application. Okay. Okay. But you'll manage that for them yes, with sir. somebody. Yes, sir. Okay. So tell me, what? Uh, how, when did you buy the franchise? Bought the franchise in November of last year. Okay. Opened up the doors December 15th. Turns out those last two weeks of the year are kind of a, kind of a bust. So sure. for all practical purposes, we, November, or excuse me, January 1st was when we opened. Okay. And um, what have you experienced so far? So far, it's been really good. We've, uh, our platform has been really well received in metro atlanta and again being the fourth guy here there was already exposure for team logic so i was able to uh, benefit from that now when you say your platform what do you mean by your platform the name the brand team okay. logic it and managed services in general because okay. it is a sea change in the industry changing from the break fix that i described a little bit earlier to the managed services platform so when you're called in uh and and asked to propose or talk about what you do and you see an environment an it environment that you really don't want to have to manage uh is that when you recommend the remediation yes sir and we see a lot of that out there we're seeing a lot of uh xp operating systems which has been passed way past end of life and we identify that on the front end and so we we don't have any surprises once we're on board we say look this is this is what an onboarding is going to look like. This part is our standard onboarding. This part is our remediation work that, that you really need to do. Mm -hmm. and, and this is going to be your level set managed services cost over time. So, I guess I hate using the word typical, so I won't use that. But uh, when you go into a small business, how often do you see a fairly reasonably shaped or designed um, network systems network almost never really yeah there's there's not there's not a lot of standardization in the small business market so we're still got individual computers doing multiple different things and may or may not even be hooked up to a server that's right and everybody individually hooked up to the internet almost well yes nowadays yeah everybody is yes sir um, and with multiple different um types of connection devices it could be tablets um, mobile phones, which are you know, basically tiny tablets now. So typical of a small business owner, it's it's been patched together. That's right. And, That's, and uh, several different vendors have been in and out of there over the years. And uh, there's just not a lot of standardization. So what we find is when people are complaining about pain or drama associated with their IT, that's a great place for us to come in because mm -hmm. we're in the pain management business. So when you, when you go in, is it because the owner has decided I can't do it like this anymore and I need some help? Right. And what percentage of owners are finally getting it? I don't know an exact percentage. I don't know if I can answer that question, but I can tell you that all of my clients are falling, that, are falling in that category. 
they get it. They're they're getting. I, I think there is a perception out there that they either have to get with it or or um, or move on to something else. Right, with uh, uh, security associated with compliance mm-hmm. requirements that are out there right now. Right. Yeah, it's something that uh, this is not something that that's recommended. When when they say compliance, that means you know the root word is comply. So you've got to do it. Yeah. And or um, face large fines. Lar- yeah, yeah. We just we had a session about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the whole uh, security thing, and it's a little scary what it is. Hackers are up to these days. I think that that's the key driver of the growth that we're seeing in IT. Is the security? Yes, sir. You wanted me to ask you about the the what are the and I think you may have just answered it, but you can um, embellish on it. The key drivers of the height of the growth and tech that's out there. Right. Security would be my number one uh, key driver. What would come to mind for me? Cloud being the second, migrating to the cloud in general, and then business continuity issues being the third, and that has to do with backup and disaster recovery. Yeah, I. Yeah, you know, in the banking world, IT is a major examination point of the of the feds right. um, of the bank examiners. So we've got to be step on with technology, right? Uh, but not every business is like that. That's right. And uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, did you have a part B to that question? I'm no, sorry, no, 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 no. Right, compliance associated with data integrity for banking, medical, legal, what have you is is something that the exposure is really hard to measure there's a few examples out there and i know you've, you've heard about it especially being in the banking industry where uh, data records have been lost mm-hmm. and then the exposure to the bank or the uh, medical practice who loses the data is is just astronomical it is and and the um notice requirements are astronomical as just, well just the notice requirement itself can can run into the hundreds of thousands of dollars if not millions and that's for a pract three doctor practice wow with another maybe 15 additional staff nursing and otherwise right it's, it's big and then the second component is re-entering that data that was lost mm-hmm. it can be very expensive the third component is when the um, government shows up knocks on your door and says hey we're we're from the federal government and we're here to help you you don't you don't want to ever hear those words and they're looking at what HIPAA violations and a For lot medical. of different things, right? Right, right. Medical records are the hottest thing going on the dark web right now for uh, for uh, sale. That is so. Someone that's got a uh, a small business out there, and let's say they're operating, they got twenty desk locations. Everybody needs a computer. Um, if they're listening to this, uh, they probably need help. They don't know it. Yes, sir. But but. They're probably thinking, oh, it's just too expensive. I can't do it right now. But you could probably, it's probably a cost saver, is it not? That's right. If you look at what your potential downside is, I mean, how much money would you spend to save yourself a million-dollar liability? Mm -hmm. Now, do you also help upgrade all the equipment, standardize the equipment, standardize all the software? We do. Okay. We don't like to be necessarily in the hardware business because margins are so tight on that. Primarily, we want to be in the services business. Sure, but hardware is is part of what we do. And you'll get in and you'll look at the company and recommend um, in-house server, cloud, maybe a little bit of both, email server, 
access by handhelds, by tablets, tablets yes, everything. Yes, sir. And we do. Yeah, the, the doctor business, um, our, my doctor has a portal arrangement now, which I think is uh, very effective. But, you know, from, from the consumer standpoint, I have no idea how she handles that portal. Right. So I'm assuming that they're all doing it right, but they may not be. Right. You mean in terms of protecting your data? Yeah. What should the consu- should the what questions should the consumer ask? Is the should they worry about all that stuff? Well, it depends on your your medical practice that you're that you're working with. Um, an example that I know of for sure is uh, Northside Hospital, for example. Right. They've got a team of something north of 200 IT professionals who are just imagine. working around the clock on their uh, system for security. But, you know, I'm not sure exactly what kind of doctor you're talking about. Well, let's just go, you know, Roswell Internal Medicine, a shout out to them. They're a mm-hmm. great group of doctors yeah. and uh, very effective. And they've, they've managed to provide this portal, uh, which is extremely helpful. They're completely automated when you go in. But as a consumer, you know, I, I feel like I've almost got the obligation to ask them, how do they back up all this stuff? You should. You should ask them where that data is hosted. Is it is it in the cloud, which means it's in a secure data center somewhere? It could be Albuquerque or Cleveland. You don't you don't know and you don't care. Right. As long as you have access to it and as long as they have access to communicating with you through it. But yeah, you want to know. You want to know is that data backed up and is it secure? Physically secure and digitally secure across the internet. And on that note, cloud providers, I found out this week are all different. Yes, sir. Uh their process, their procedures could be all different. For example, I understand that uh I've got stuff on a Google Drive, and I may delete it on my Google Drive, but it's still out there on the Google Drive. Right. There'll be a digital footprint out there somewhere. And where others, if you say you delete it, they'll tell you, yes, we get rid of it Mm -hmm. uh, after a certain time period. I found that very interesting, that uh, if you're backing up, say, in in a legal business and you're backing up all your information on a Google Drive and you think you've got your customer protected, uh, you may not. Right. Yeah. And you um, <laughs> you actually brought me to one of the areas that I did want to go because uh, we were talking about before the show started about what mistakes we see out there. Yeah, that let's is, talk about that it. is one of the big mistakes is we put too much faith in the cloud, don't we? No, it's not so much that, but you put too much faith in the uh, provider that's taking you to the cloud. They may be taking some shortcuts by by doing what we call bare metal backup on onto a Google Drive or Microsoft's OneDrive or something like that. It's just not smart. It's not the right way to do it. You, the business owner, have the obligation to follow that all the way through. You better ask those questions. Yes, sir. And the business owner probably doesn't know to ask those questions at this point. No. They think, I'm just putting it on a server somewhere, and I'm sure Google will take care of it. No, but if they're listening to this show, they can call you call up you you can give him my phone number and right, right. We, can, we can go from there that's why we do it um this is on the money uh brought to you by embassy national bank and we're talking to rick higgins from team logic it and uh talking about different uh he provides a uh off-site service management practice for uh small businesses to uh, actually manage your software and your hardware for you and your entire tech environment. As usual, we ended up talking about security when it comes to IT, and now we're talking about the cloud. And just sharing that uh, last week I've, or this past week, I found that all cloud providers are different, and you, the small business owner, should 
ask the kind of questions uh, of the cloud, your cloud provider. How do they back up data? How do they delete data? Uh, how safe is the data? Where is it located? Um, the, all those types of questions. That's right. Um, because not necessarily a lot of these cloud providers may be backing stuff up in Russia. Uh, maybe uh, I've heard that's one of the questions. Find out um, physically where your data is being backed up. Right. One of my uh, most recent customers asked me the other day, said, well, I know you said that my server is in the cloud. Well, where is it? And I knew where it was because I can look and, and see. And I, I, I started off the answer by saying, do you really care? And he said, well, when I think about it now, I really, really don't care. It turns out it, it is in Albuquerque. But um, next month, it may be somewhere else. Should I care? I don't think you should. I mean, as long as it's, uh, as long as you have access to it, it's readily available and it's working and highly available. And uh, that company uh, may make a decision to relocate it somewhere based on usage. That's right. They're responsible for making sure all that's protected. Right. So that's why it's important to understand the protection uh, procedures of your cloud provider. Right. When we take a customer to the cloud, we want the uh, experience to be seamless so that when they're logging into their system, uh, which we call desktop as a service, they're, they've all, they're always looking at the same desktop. It's always working. And it's the same whether they're looking at it from, their, uh, from the beach on a laptop, right. uh, from their tablet in the mountains, uh, from their office on their desktop or from home on a laptop, doesn't matter, should always look the same and you've always got access to the same applications and the same data. Are you providing a lot of that where uh, you're giving the owners access to their data anywhere, anytime? Yes, sir. Yep, that, that, the desktop as a service cloud application or cloud offering as, as we, we put it, will always have the same data no matter what. No matter where you access it from, you're looking at the same desktop and you're looking. Because what happens, Joe, is the computing occurs on the server itself. Mm -hmm. The only thing going back and forth between the server and the local device is, uh, uh, excuse me, our pixels. And so there's really no data going back and forth. The heavy lifting is occurring on the server there. in the cloud or in a data center, as the case is. That's what that's one of the things that makes it secure is the only thing going back and forth are pixels. Now, what are you doing uh, with with voice? Uh, are you trying to pull all that together for everybody in the same environment? We do that. Um, we do provide phones and what we call hoisted, uh, excuse me, hosted voice over IP solutions. Mm -hmm. And it does go across the same uh, bandwidth that um, anything else does, either data or uh, cloud services. And then you've got the ability to help them manage the phone system uh, to find the right software, I guess. But their phone provider may also do that for them. Right. And if they do, we can help them manage that as well. If they're looking for a whole new phone system, we can come in uh, with our solution and just replace it. Okay. And I, I guess this goes without saying, uh, but I, I guess you, you don't want to assume anything, but you really have to merge your voice and your IT all together. There are cost savings to bundling that. There certainly are, yes, sir. Okay, okay. Now, one of the things, though, is you got to watch out for is uh, phones require uh, bandwidth. So if you're cutting off a little bit of your internet bandwidth or capacity, you can uh, 
you can damage services downstream or else or vice versa. If you've got too much data going across your bandwidth, you can get spotty phone service. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 years ago, voice over IP was very unpopular. The folks that migrated to it, a lot of them just decided, now I'm not going to do quality this. quality was switch. awful. And it had to do with bandwidth. And uh, things have gotten better now because the required bandwidth is lower. The requirements are lower. And technology has, of course, addressed the issue in a lot of different ways. One way is partitioning bandwidth or dedicating a fixed amount of bandwidth to the phone system versus everything else that's going on in your computing environment. Yeah, at the end of the day, when when your phone call hits the distribution network, it's all IP anyway. That's right. So um, find a way to just to fix that up front because there's no such thing as phone lines anymore i guess seems like it they're all t1 lines out there and fiber optic and everything else okay well let's uh and one other thing i wanted to ask you about um you mentioned in in your particular franchise that you have owners who are uh focused more on business development and others that focus on as it experts so talk a little bit about that philosophy those are, across our network, those are the two types of people that get that buy our franchises. The the folks that come from a business development background and and maybe have touched technology like myself, and then the folks who have uh, a deep technology background but are not too uh, savvy in the uh, sales and business development mm-hmm. arena. So we've got we've got a almost a fifty fifty mix across our one hundred franchises nationwide but the the franchise is not different it's just who owns it that's right so now do you have a good sharing between all the franchisees it's unbelievably good and unbelievably powerful at team logic it and i really did a lot of looking and uh and talking to the owners themselves across the country and here locally as well and i was amazed with how willing everybody was to a person willing to open up the kimono and, and say, mm-hmm. hey, this is, this is what I was doing in, in my sixth month. This is what I was doing in my 12th month. This is where I got to break even. And this is where I got to profitability. This is what I'm doing right now. I'm 36 months in right now, and mm-hmm. this is where I am. And this is what I'm doing uh, net profit wise. So I was really, really impressed with that. Now, what about help with the client? Help with the client. And, and that's, that comes, of course, after you buy the franchise and start up. Um, because by by that time you you don't have the financial questions so much you've got the technical issues right and that uh, is helpful as the franchisees were to me my sister companies were to me beforehand they've been ten times as uh, more helpful to me after the fact so it's it's just not you you got a whole team behind you that's right thousands of techs nationwide across again a hundred outlets and, and uh, we're growing like crazy a hundred outlets what did team logic start? 11 years ago where oh excuse me uh southern california mission okay. viejo okay. okay right and it's part of the uh franchise services uh international corporation which also uh owns and manages the sir speedies printing yeah. business yeah okay and also uh koa campgrounds of america is part of that wow. network yeah let's let's there's a second part of this that i wanted to get into a little bit and and uh because there's a lot of folks out there who are looking to get into different kinds of businesses so i want to i know you've had that experience because before the show started you indicated that uh you've got a software consulting background but then you moved into commercial real estate appraisals right and then from there you started digging around to figure out what franchise you wanted to buy because you wanted to start your own business right and you didn't necessarily start looking at it where did how did talk about that whole 
I want to go get a. I want to go into my own business. Talk through talk through that whole thought process. Well, the latest change for me um, happened when it started with uh, going on a summer walk with my wife in June, and I was complaining about uh, how things were going in the commercial real estate industry in general and the appraisal part of the industry uh, specifically. And she said, "Rick, you've never been a whiner or a complainer. I don't want to hear it anymore. Why don't you do something about it?" Shut up and do something about well, it. There you and go. I'll tell I've you heard what, that before. <laughs> I, well, then you're a lucky man because I'll tell you what, I, I thank uh, the good Lord above every day for her because, I mean, that that was a turning point for me. Of course, I was so agitated by it, you know. First, I was angry, and then I was like, well, guess what? She's right. Mm-hmm. Stayed up all night that night doing research, worked on it for uh, weeks on end, doing research, looked into several different verticals, not just IT. But I was also interested in energy. Mm-hmm. Which uh, was kind of a natural from a natural extension from my uh, engineering background, and then uh, and I looked into solar specifically in energy, so kept coming back to uh, IT because of what I would call hyper growth that we're experiencing right now in this country and worldwide. Because there are a lot of people that really need to catch up, aren't there? With IT, yes, sir. Yeah, there's a lot of catch up to do, and there's a lot of demand. And there's a lot of competition out there, sure. so folks are folks are jumping into it. Now, interesting, you started on the energy front. What did you find on the energy front? Well, one, there was two franchises that I was looking at. One was um, in the solar industry specifically. What I found with that is uh, that the value proposition for solar in Georgia is just not there yet, uh, like it is compared to other states around the country has to do with uh, state tax incentives and federal tax incentives. Yeah, that, I wonder, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's the solar, right now, solar is a, a good objective to try to get to, but the only reason it's workable is because of government subsidy, correct? Right, well, yes and no. Yes okay. and no. Here's, okay, here's the yes and no of it. Uh, it's still workable here, Yeah. but the payback tends to uh, push out between six and eight years. Okay. Now, to me, that's workable. You know, when you're talking about making a capital investment in your house, six or eight year payback, I'll do that deal. Right. But um, may make your house more sellable. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And there may be payback in that, too. You may be able to realize all of the capital uh, cost back in a sale. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. But the um, uh, the the states where it where they are realizing and benefiting from tax rebates that are associated with the state and or the county or city Mm -hmm. municipality, those paybacks can actually be under two years. And all of the financing companies that are working with the, uh, uh, in the solar space, don't even want to come in and and play in in states that don't have paybacks down at the, at the bottom end of the time spectrum. We could probably spend a whole show on solar energy, but um, yeah. I guess I understand there are two types of solar energy, and uh, one works better than the other. It has to do with the capture and use of the solar energy down the road versus if you don't use it, then you lose it kind of thing. But um, I'm sure the engineers will figure all that out. Yep. And the uh, the second type of uh, franchise that I looked at was just energy in general, and it had to do with uh, consulting and uh, sale of a specific uh series of product lines associated with reducing energy costs, specifically in the industrial market. Well, why didn't you go down to New Mexico and spend a billion dollars and build a factory farm? 
I, I, I mean, only, a, a I battery only, farm. I, I only had 900 million. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't have the billion. We were sure didn't have enough for working no no i didn't have it all right so you you start digging around and uh what made you choose uh team logic i settled in on it in general that's how i started i'm not going to name the the other um franchise that i was looking at but it's very similar in terms of product offerings uh and business planning what made me pick team logic over the other one was that we take about half of the upfront franchise fee and reinvest it into every new territory for the initial marketing campaign, first 90 or 100 days, direct mail, uh, Google AdWords, and a a national call center that's making uh, calls into our targeted Hmm. uh, initial territory. You're happy with it so far? Very happy. I've never been happier with my work. Good. Working. That's always good to hear. Um, um, on a financial standpoint, I guess over the years you had enough money to saved up to do this. Yes, sir. Yeah, there's, it's a pretty heavy duty uh, capital rock to lift. But uh, I, my wife and I together, done really well saving, and so we were able to do it. Well, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago about how if you know you never know when you're going to be faced with a career change, and right. it's it's uh, uh, you need to financially stay flexible for those kinds of things so that you don't get wedded to the job so to speak or you right. can't make that change that's right and for me i wanted to do something that was uh scalable mm-hmm. that ultimately i could scale it up to where um it was something other for me than owning a job sure uh, and that that's the way in the appraisal practice all i could figure was you know three years in five years in in seven years down the road, I was still going to just own my job. I couldn't, you know, walk away from it and have the... Well, you had to put in the time in order to get paid. Right. Where uh, a lot of folks uh, need to find the business to where they make that initial investment. But at some point, they can let other people and do the work and you can leverage that. That's right. And therein lies the biggest challenge, too, of, uh, of starting and growing any practice that's scalable is getting work done through other people. Right. It's been my biggest challenge. Right. I think any, any business owner sitting at, at this table would tell you the same thing. Well, we, you're absolutely right because typically you get into something because you're really good at it. Right. Um, but yet you may not know how to run a business. Right. And they're two different things. So you've got to uh, spend the first year or so probably getting it cranked up, but then you got to back away and run the business, Yeah. which is a whole different uh, mindset and a whole uh, different a set of talents. Where do you see this particular your your business going? Say five, six years, seven years from now. Well, I don't know if I can look out that far, but I'll try. I'll tell you. Um, this time next year, I want to um, have about uh, between five and seven people be about that size, and then you know, five to seven years from now, you know, I want to be thirty, forty, fifty, fifty people. Now, are you going to focus more on the sales side or on the uh, on the technical side? I am, but I'm the set, going to focus on the sales side because that's what I'm good at. You know, I want uh, I want to hire the folks for the uh, the nitty gritty technical work of what we do, and uh, and manage them to the extent I'm able. But uh, no, I got to I got to focus on business development because that's that's really my thing. So once you get the contract, then you call another franchisee and 
come over here. I need to introduce you so you can run with this. No, no, I'm I'm doing it myself. Okay. I mean, if I sell a contract, you're going to see either Rick Higgins or uh, one of Rick Higgins' employees. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, if we need to scale up for a large project, I can call in my uh, the text from my do. sister company. They'll physically show up or and or they're a resource uh, remotely okay. for me. Well, that's interesting. You know, a lot of people out there are thinking about starting their own business. And, um, you know, we, we you, you hit on all the elements that you did right that a lot of people don't do. One is you got to save up your nickels beforehand so you can afford to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you got to do a lot of homework. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you picked an area that, that uh, you were familiar with, but you weren't necessarily an expert in. Kind of dabbled in it over the years and, and was always curious. And, and then you're going to focus more on, on the sales side, which is what you're good at. So right. you found something that allows you to build to your strength. And then ultimately you do know, and, and you've communicated that you're going to have to just be able to sit back and run the business and let other people take off with it. Right. I want to get it to that point. Ultimately, yeah. we do have, uh, owners within our network who are what I'd call an absentee owner. Mm -hmm. They rather focus on uh, Christian ministry or, or, or something else. And so they've turned it over to a full-time manager and then they see them quarterly and collect a check. Well, Rick, you, um, it's been a good talk. I can't believe we're here to the end of it, but, uh, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Phone number for me is 770- eight four seven nine six one one and uh website team logic it forward slash dunwoody ga okay uh and uh you do have a twitter i guess right at team logic it i don't know about twitter okay yeah, there you go yeah. team logic it you can find us on on twitter okay. for sure well good good um well thanks for being with us today. thanks joe i really appreciate it yeah i'm honored to be here and um small business owners tech is the IT is a not something you just want to put on the back step and wait till you don't have time. You're going to have to spend money on it. You're going to have to embrace it. You're going to have to do it right. And I know people have been saying this for 15, 20 years, but it really needs to start happening. And you got to own it, step up to it, and be smart about it. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, listen, that's our show for today. This has been On the Money, the number one small business show on Business Radio X. On the Money is presented by Embassy National Bank. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at on underscore the underscore money and then the number one. Um, you can also listen to our shows uh, by visiting onthemoney.businessradiox.com and download our shows on iTunes or listen to them right there off that website. And then the other piece that we're now doing is uh, going to the Business Radio X Gwinnett YouTube channel, and you can actually watch a video of today's show. And uh, I found that to be quite useful, as a matter of fact. So, uh, as usual, it's been fun. Uh, this is Joe Moss with Embassy National Bank. Uh, remember, be careful out there. Leave fear in the back seat. Stay authentic. Our producer is counting them. Safeguard your data. And there's one more. Don't ever lose your sense of humor. Have fun with all this stuff because it can drive you crazy if you don't. So thanks, and we'll see you next time.